I'm Josh, and my mission is simple. I teach tens of thousands of home service business owners like you how to grow a profitable seven-figure business. Every week, I deliver mind bombs and systems designed to help you gain mastery over marketing, admin, production, and sales inside your company. Each week, I'll open up the vault so you can finally take hold of the life and business you deserve. There is only one thing between where you are today and where you want to be, and that is the growth you're willing to endure. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Growth Fall. Hey, my friends. Welcome back to the Growth Fall podcast. How the heck are you? I am hanging out in the global pandemic in lockdown, but we're making the best of it, having fun, and honestly, been very, very busy. Uh, Lots of business things happening, lots of personal things happening. I hope that there's still opportunity that you can see in front of you, uh, because if you can see it, you can move on it. But if you can't see it, then you, then you think it's not there, but it might actually be there. You just might not be able to see it. I'm hanging out with my uh, oldest son, Maverick, today. What's up, Maverick? Hey. And uh, I'm going to be teaching him some cool internet stuff today, but I'm going through some notes, and I have some things I want to share with you that are super powerful. So uh, about a week ago, I was doing these little short teachings on Facebook. I called it Business Bedtime Stories with Josh, and our internet was bad, and it wasn't working. But I'm just going to go through some of the things I was going to cover on there just to encourage you and give you some maybe perspective shifts, right? So really, I'm going to, I'm going to share the top few things I've learned in business. So in my entire career, working with over a thousand people, you know, in terms of coaching, but also just just meeting so many of you, not necessarily working with you, reading lots of books, paying for my own education, building and selling multiple companies, I've learned a lot of stuff. And the first point I want to talk about is the importance of belief. Belief is a huge giant thing. I've talked about it often on the podcast. Um, and I really, I wish I could like jump through the internet and like sit next to you in your car <laughs> while you're listening to this and like really look you in the eye and really drill this into your head how important belief is. You know, if someone doesn't believe they can achieve something, then they don't even try. Uh, one of the things I talk to my kids a lot about is, is rather than saying I can't, is to ask a different question of how can I? But for you to even ask the question, how can I, in a, in a specific scenario, you have to believe that it's possible in the first place, or else your brain can't even try to go to work on that. And I told this story about this gentleman from Australia named Cliff Young, and he is uh, amazing. He's no longer with us. But in the early 80s, he entered a 544-mile ultramarathon race. And Cliff Young was 61 years old when he entered that race. Uh, He was not a professional athlete. In fact, he was a farmer. He was a potato farmer (laughs) from Australia. And he just thought, you know what? Yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to go run 500 miles. Uh, Long story short, everyone made fun of him. The media made fun of him. All these like elite athletes from all over the world came and they're all like making it like this, this sad little Cliff Young story. Like, oh, isn't that cute? 61 year olds entering the race. Uh, He ended up winning the race. And there was this interview with Cliff where the reporter said, Cliff, like, there's no way you can finish this race. Like, someone said that to him, and he replied very simply with, yes, I can. And as simple in, in, as that is, it's really profound. Like, he, everyone doubted him, but he didn't doubt it. He entered it, he signed up, he showed up, he tied his shoes, he started the race, and he ran for five days and 15 hours and four minutes non-stop without sleeping and he won the race and set a new course record and became a national hero in Australia and he changed the entire landscape of ultra marathon running it's a whole really interesting story you should google it um, but the thing is with belief is 
um, desiring something isn't really enough. So one of the things I noticed is that if I'm in a room of people and I ask them, how many of you want a million dollars, right? Uh, and a hundred people raise their hand. And then I'll tell them, you know, keep your hand up if you have a million dollars in your bank account right now. And then all the hands go down, right? Well, what, what's the disconnect between desire and actual results? Well, one of the things is belief, right? So desire is not enough. Desire is really important. But you hear all these like motivational people talking about how you got to want it. You got to know your why. And desiring things is, is powerful, but it's like woefully in, insufficient to get you there. You have to be able to believe that it's possible. But not only that it's possible, you have to believe that it's possible for you which is another big hang up. People logically know, yeah, I can automate my business. I can build a million dollar business. Like I know that building that business is possible, but they might not think it's possible for them, right? Isn't that interesting? Another story about belief is uh, Dustin. So when I started my original cleaning company, this is many years ago, I was so nervous. My original goal, as you guys know, is to make $500 a week. <laughs> I didn't realize we'd do $50,000 a week, you know, a few years later, but $500 a week. And I was so stressed out. And there's this guy, Dustin, uh, who started a company in my same town doing the exact same service that I was doing at the same time. And it like when I, I was devastated, like when I saw his truck with his like sticker on his window that said Dustin's window cleaning or whatever it was called. I just had this sinking feeling in my stomach, like, oh, great, now I'm never going to succeed. There's two people doing window cleaning in this town. And uh, I was just so irritated by the whole thing. I mean, it really bothered me every time I'd see his truck. Well, I, I kept pressing on, and about two years into my journey, which was really filled with a lot of pain and suffering, you know, cars repossessed, my electricity shut off because I couldn't pay the bill, stuff like that. I walked into a gas station one day and I saw Dustin and he was working at the gas station as a cashier. And I was really confused because really things had started to kind of get going for me. You know, a year two and a half is when everything really started to take off for me and I started learning about systems. And I had just had my first, I think, $10,000 month, which is a huge mental milestone for all you small businesses out there. Like once you cross that, the, the next barrier is like 50,000 a month. You know, once you realize you can do 10, you're like, well, so I, I could totally do 20, 30 or 40. Uh, but anyway, so I asked Dustin, what are you doing working at a gas station? Like, what the heck? And what he told me, I'll never forget. He said, oh, Josh, there, there's no work out there. there people don't want to pay. People are cheap. There's, there's no work out there. And he said it with so much conviction and certainty. And it was really weird. It broke my brain. And I'll never forget it because... What he was saying was true to him. Like he believed it. It was already a completely done thing in his brain. But here I was filling up my work truck. I had hired my first employee and we're doing 10, 11, $12,000 a month. And, and I was just starting to see the light and the real opportunity. And my, my mindset was expanding, but he was done. And it has to do with the level of belief. And I think that's huge. Um, the next thing I want to talk about with belief is how careful you need to be uh, when people don't cheer for you when you win. So you hear, hear people say, you know, you're, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, or, you know, they might say things like, uh, oh, what's another one of those things? You're the average, uh, birds of a feather flock together, stuff like that. Uh, but what happens is when you when you start to win or you get a little success, sometimes the people around you will actually uh, feel very uncomfortable. And I've experienced this, right? They say, oh, Josh, you've changed. Well, 
is that intrinsically bad? Like change is change bad? No, change isn't bad. But when you start to grow and expand, the people around you uh, feel uncomfortable because it, it makes them feel like they haven't grown and expanded because they probably haven't. And so they'll say little comments, right? They'll say, well, just slow down. You know, money isn't everything, like implying that you're doing everything for money, even though you're not. But it plants all these seeds of doubt in your head. And so I want you to take inventory of the people around you, even now during this crisis, and, and, and who's pushing you to go harder, to think more creatively, to expand and grow? And who's who's trying to pull you back down? Who's trying to say, ah, you know what? You know, you did your best. You know, this business thing's not going to work out. Just go get a real job. You really need to be careful about people that don't cheer for you when you win. I only want myself, my kids, uh, my wife around people that cheer for us when we win. And if they don't cheer when we win, I'm not mad at them. I'm just not going to be in relationship with them anymore because it's too risky. It's too dangerous. It's a threat to your dreams, to your vision, to your business, to your mindset, to all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's really huge. So uh, that's the first thing I've learned is the importance of belief. And the last point on belief is if you don't have a lot of belief, you can borrow belief by hanging out with people that do cheer when you win. You can borrow belief by listening to shows like this to get you through, right? So I don't always have 100% of belief every second of the day. We all get discouraged, but when I'm feeling down, I don't go running back to uh, to, to low-level thinking. I go up the ladder higher to higher-level thinking, and I grab some of their belief to get me through the day or get me through the week. And I think that's profound. Uh, the next thing I've learned uh, over all these years is that proximity is power. And this kind of dovetails into the, you're the average of the five people you hang out with. But it's really more than that. Um, what's interesting is Myron Golden, who's like my hero. I love Myron Golden. He's been on the podcast. He talks about how there's only one reason people do things. There's only one reason anybody, anywhere, does anything. And it's because they feel like it. That's it. Like people do things they, they want to do because they feel like it. Whether the thing they're doing is good or the thing they're doing is bad, the reason they're doing it is because they feel like it. So the name of the game isn't really to get yourself to just do more stuff. For example, if you're not building the system you need to, or you're not looking at your financials, or you're putting your head in the sand and you're, you're, you're like avoiding something or procrastinating something, you know, willpower and discipline is, is really important, but that's really not the game. The game is, is how can you get yourself in a state where you feel like doing the things you need to do? And that's why proximity is power is important. Because when you're around certain people, you almost always feel like doing big things. When you're around people who are constantly doing big things, taking risks, expanding and growing and, and falling down, but like almost laughing as they scrape their knee and like getting up and saying, oh man, oh, I'm going to do it even better this time. When you're around people like that, it's easier to feel like doing the things you need to feel. But when you're around normies all day, and by the way, we love normies, right, Maverick? We love yes. normies. Uh, but normies are not like us. They, 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 they think we're crazy because we are crazy. Entrepreneurs are crazy. But when you're around them, you don't feel like doing the things you need to do in your business to get the result that you want. But when you only are around people who are ahead of you and you're the dumbest pe person in the room as often as possible, it's a lot easier to do that. Um, the other you know, practical thing about proximity as power is you know, business is just a stack of relationships built on top of each other. And I've 
said that many times. But it's true. You have like your internal relationships and your external relationships. You have your team. You have your family. You have your employees. Maybe your business partner. Those relationships are huge. But then you have your external relationships. And with business, we make things so complicated when really it's simple. You need to have relationships with important people. You need to know key decision makers all over the place. I always say that you need to be the guy that does the stuff. And what I mean by you being the guy that does the stuff, I'm really talking about proximity as power. So in your local market, you need to know the mayor like by name. You need to know the ch- president of the Chamber of Commerce. You need to know all the other CEOs, all the other small business owners, the top dentists, the top realtors. You need to know the property managers. And you need to get organized and strategically try to become friends with all these people, these influencers, these influencer relationships because proximity is power. And an example of this is my business partner, Chris Phillips. Uh, the, the largest single cleaning account that we ever landed was with uh, General Motors. It took about two years for Chris to get this done, but that one account was worth over $300,000 a year in revenue. And it came down to one person, my partner Chris, having a relationship with one person uh, named Mr. Davis. We'll just call him Mr. Davis. And Chris worked the relationship for two years. Now, he didn't go in there like a manipulative, money-grabbing guy. Even if you know Chris Phillips, you know that that's literally the opposite of who he is. Um, but money is the byproduct of solid relationships. The right types of relationships eventually produce some sort of uh, benefit. Either they just it produces value when you know people. And so we were just organized and strategic about who we know. And it one of the turning points in in this uh, account that we got was when Chris actually prayed for Mr. Davis. And so we were doing these little tiny jobs for General Motors, you know, and we would bend over backwards and jump through hoops and short notice and do all this stuff. And Chris would just constantly work the relationship, get to know Mr. Davis, talk about his family, you know, gradually build a relationship while we're trying to grab the scraps and do just, you know, get our foot in the door. And one day, Mr. Davis was having a really, really horrible day. And I think he was going through a divorce or something. And Chris just said, man, can I pray for you? And he meant it because Chris will just pray for anybody because he's really bold like that and he loves people. And he grabs Mr. Davis by the shoulders and he prays for him. And Mr. Davis starts crying his eyes out. He starts bawling. He's a grown man. starts crying. He thanks Chris. And, you know, in a short time after that, we got this huge account. Now, did Chris do that to get an account? Absolutely not. Did we get the account because Chris did that? Yes, probably. And it speaks to this idea that proximity is power. Your network is your net worth. The people you know are everything. You have to focus on relationships. And right now, during the quarantine and all this craziness, is an amazing time to get organized with who you want to become you know, best friends with, how you can become the guy that does the stuff. And, and the way to measure this is if you're at the grocery store, you want all these people, these influential people, to be like, Josh, what's up, man? You want them to be excited to see you and know your first name. Like, that's your goal. They don't have to be your best friends with your whole life story. But it's like, Josh, how you been? Oh, good to see you. How's, how's your family? Oh, good, good. Imagine if you had 100 powerful people in your market that all knew you at that level. That's your goal. That's proximity is power. It's the reason I joined the inner circle and paid $25,000 a year to be in this mastermind group. It's, it's the reason we've done all kinds of things. So I think I'll end it with that for now. 
Uh, I have some more stories, and if you like this, let me know. You know, hit me up on Facebook or comment on this uh, podcast if you're on the website listening. Let me know what you think. Uh, I'd love to share more of what I've learned. I just mainly want to encourage you uh, to keep going, to keep fighting, to keep grinding, keep chopping wood. Uh, do hard things. It doesn't matter how hard it is. It only matters if it's worth it. And like Elena Ledeau says, be a buffalo and run towards the storm. Don't be a cow and run away from the storm. You're going to get through it faster. And in both scenarios, you're going through the storm either way. So you might as well be the buffalo. I love y'all. Take care. God bless. If you're ready to go even deeper, go to Facebook and search for The Growth Vault. It's a free community with thousands of other business owners just like you. I'll see you next time on the growth fall.